1: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hi, this is Larry DeTilio, writer for He-Man and Beast Wars, and you are listening to the Geekcast Radio Network. center of the universe, on the planet Eternia, looms Castle Grayskull, ancient fortress of mystery, its power sought by the dark forces of Snake Mantle, Sanctuary of Sin and Sorrow, ruled by the demon Skeletor and his evil acolytes, and the only thing that stands in their way is Prince Adam. ...who defends the secrets of Castle Greyskull as He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Only four others share this secret. Guardians of Greyskull all, amidst an army of the honorable... ...committed to guarding Castle Greyskull from the havoc of destruction. For those who control Greyskull control the power. The power to be... Masters
0: of the Universe! Hello, this is tfg and mike and welcome to the 126.5 chapter in our Powers of Skull series. With me for this journey into the Masters of the Universe is not Optimus Solo. I don't know why he's not here. I have no idea. This is only the second time in a decade that he has not been on one of these episodes. The other one was when... Uh, a. Das Baron, and I talked about the comics in, back in episode 75. Joining me is longtime fan, longtime friend, Mr. Tim Silvers, as we are here to talk about the Bear McCreary score, Two Masters of the Universe Revelation Kevin
2: Smith series on Netflix. Hello, sir. How are you? Hey, Mike. I am doing well, Tim Silvers, or Toon Master Tim. Um, you can find me online by that handle. But yeah, thanks for having me back. Um, I'm very happy to be here. I'm sure everybody's gonna miss Optima Solo, but uh, I miss him yeah. too. I enjoy listening to you guys banter back and forth and discuss. Uh, he'll be he'll be back next time.
0: It's not <laughs> it it's not like I banished him yet. Because no. uh, <laughs> the next two episodes after this, folks, are the Revelation comics, so those will be coming soon. But yes, Tim is here. We are going to get his thoughts on the Netflix series, but the main topic here is the score by Bear McCreary. What did you think of... Okay, so we had Shira that was on Netflix from DreamWorks, and I wasn't... And th- this isn't even to get into a discussion about that, but I just... I didn't... It wasn't my cup of tea. So we'll cover that eventually here in Powers of Gray Skull series, folks. I don't know when, but at some point. What did you think when they first announced Kevin Smith, of all people, was going to do a Masters cartoon?
2: I was fully on board uh, from from that announcement. I I know Kevin Smith has done you know a lot of movies. He's also written comics. Uh, he's just kind of a a big kid like us so I I knew he was very familiar with the geek culture and you know especially being familiar with his comic book writing I I felt like he would um, embrace the old and kind of modernize it and make it um, something that the old old fans would enjoy but also bring in some new fans Um, and I I have to say I really don't feel let down
0: there you go Have you paid – and not that we're going to – just because I have to bring this up just to clear the air. Have you paid any attention to all of the press, whether it be good, bad, or otherwise, about this series and about him himself and all of that?
2: Yeah, some of it. Just a little bit. I don't really go looking for the negativity, but I did – come across an article um you know that was out on social media that's saying that the fans uh had written a lot of negative reviews against the series but the critics were praising it so it had a very high rating with critics uh and fans i guess some of the fans that didn't like it really kind of i don't know if they um were pushing other fans to write a bunch of negative reviews That's what it sounded like to bring the score down. Um, which is just, just terrible. Uh, it's just an awful thing that that was yeah. the reaction that some people had to it. I really enjoyed the show. I think they put a lot of love and, and, uh, effort into it. Obviously the production values are very high. The animation looks great. Uh, I'm sure we could talk about more of that stuff, just like, you know, you guys mm. covered on the other episodes, uh, covering yeah. the series. Yeah.
0: How familiar with Bear McCreary as a composer
2: are you? You know, it's interesting. I recognize his name from uh, The Walking Dead because I've watched that series. Um, But I didn't realize how extensive his catalog is until I looked him up. Um, He has done so much work, and it's very good. I mean, he's really good at what he does.
0: Yeah, he is. I was not... I Like like you, I, I'd heard his name, I'd heard his name in various things from video game stuff to TV stuff to film stuff, but I wasn't really... There was never a moment that I was like, oh, Bear McCreary is doing this until now with this specific score, but mm-hmm. for those that may not know he did the music on TV show, Battlestar Galactica from 2004 to 2009, Eureka, uh, the Terminator TV series, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Uh, he did the music of agents of shield, which I still need to go back and watch at some point. Uh, he's done the music for everything. Currently he's in the middle of doing the Snowpiercer music. Uh, for I forget where Snowpiercer is is um uh, oh it's on TNT. Of course it's on TNT. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but still. But he's just done a lot of stuff. Like I actually wanna check out this one thing that's listed here. Uh Knights of Badassdom. I kinda wanna check that out just from the title of it. <laughs> So Bear has done the score to Masters of the Universe: Revelation. This is what was it, 13 tracks. I forget how many tracks it is, but basically, it's the score. It is uh, let's see, 16 songs. Released July 23rd, the day that Part One of Masters of the Universe: Revelation came out, and. Man, listening to this, like I' I've uh, and, you know if you I know you have listened to plenty of the stuff that I've done over the years, but if anyone listens to like the La La Land lounge stuff I did for La La Land Records and we were just talking about scores, I always have to like if I hear the music in something, I need to then search out the music by itself and listen to it by itself. And this was no exception. and damn. This score is awesome.
2: Yeah. And I know you're a big fan of uh, the soundtracks and, and you've reviewed a lot of the La La Land records, mm-hmm. um, different soundtracks from eighties you know, cartoons and films and things. Um, and and then, you know, I, I saw that this was going to be released online in various streaming platforms for people to enjoy, which is great because, um, the music in the show is, re- is really good. I think it fits the show very well. It's, it's very dramatic music. It's it's different than, you know, the old 80s series, and and it's it's a good thing. I mean, I, I love the music of the, the 80s cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're great. They're recognizable themes, and I think that's one of the things with this is it it hasn't quite landed with that recognizable theme although i love the the opening theme uh for the show um but it doesn't have that classic that you just hum. at least i haven't gotten to that point yet it may take me a few more episodes or seasons to get to that point but uh, yeah. it 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 has that you know the drama elements in it and uh it's it's really interesting to listen to i know that you We'll sit down and listen to the the soundtracks. I don't often do that. Like, I used to do that. I would buy a a soundtrack and sit down and just listen to it and play it through. And this was something I more or less um, had on while I was doing some other things on my computer. But I I found it enjoyable to listen to, even without the visuals.
0: Yeah. Because for me, I... I've already watched the series like three times at this point, just to make sure I got everything. And that's the funny thing, folks. When we did our non-spoiler and spoiler-filled episodes, I went back to see where some of the scenes were for the music. And I compl- like everybody, at least from the 2002 cartoon, everybody thought that they, they did that they did a great job with Stinkcore slash back in the 2002 series. And they tried to meld that here. But honestly, I don't even think it's just because of Jason Muse being the voice. I think it's because Stinkor is only in it for like less than a minute and a half that I completely forgot Jason Muse was the voice of Stinkor until I actually heard him. I was like, holy crap, that's right. He was Stinkor. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, the music for me, I you're right. It doesn't. And I know Optimus Solo will will agree with this because he was was like, where is my intro theme? Where is this? The difference between some shows that are made now versus shows made almost 40 years ago now. 40 years ago, we didn't have Netflix. We didn't have Hulu. We didn't have insert streaming service that you enjoy here because heaven forbid anybody – send us death threats over liking one streaming service over... Anyway, it's a long story of uh, the history of the GCR. And anyway, but Netflix and Hulu and all all these things, some most of them have a skip intro button. And I think that even though the main intro from the first episode where you have Man at Arms doing the voiceover and everything you guys just heard at the beginning of this podcast, the main theme from Bear is under that voiceover. It's just not as pronounced, I think, because they were trying to... They, by they, I mean the animators and the producers and those people. They were trying to make sure that the music and the voiceover fit in with all of the visuals we got from the toy packaging to the old paintings, to to all of that. So it doesn't have your filmation did sound, and then, you know, Adam or He Man or whomever coming in and doing the whole voiceover thing. And I tried to point this out to Kevin and I'm like, there is an opening theme song. There is a theme song to this show. You just can't hear it because of Everything else that's assaulting your senses with the visuals and the voiceover, and I, I say that, and I don't mean that it's, you know, assaulting. And a bad, assault is a bad term, but it, it it just, hey man, people are all about sensory overload these days, and I am too. Certain things just, I hate this term, but certain things just trigger me, and I just focus on one part of it, kind of thing, and. I know that Kevin loves theme songs and wishes that there was a. Th- he says that there isn't a theme song here. There is, it's just that it's buried amongst this whole generation of, oh, let's skip the intro kind of thing. Right. It,
2: it, this is very fitting for the style of this series. It's. It's. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, th- this music is something that could fit into, you know, a drama TV series or something. I mean, it it doesn't necessarily have to fit animation. Um, Right. And the Shucky Levy and Haim Saban that did so many of the 80s uh, music themes for the cartoons are amazing, and you can recognize them and pick up on them in just a few notes usually. This is going for something different. It's really going for – that more um i hate to say more mature because i don't feel like the 80s cartoons or even 90s cartoons and other cartoon eras even even looking at the the 2002 t man series you know great music there too but it was different than what came before it and i think this is showing that progression that the music has grown up with the show that you know this is a a little darker theme we're going to take some of those characters that you're familiar with and and we're going to elevate it up just a little bit higher because we know that the audience has grown over time and we don't want the same Just do the same thing we did before let's do something a little different with it and i think that shows in the theme music
0: yeah and you know the other thing that i didn't get a chance to point out in the other episodes we recorded because i hadn't seen this video at the time but On July 21st, Mr. Smith put out a Q&A about this series and whatever else, and in that video, I'll have that in the show notes, he goes on to explain that the He-Man rights are, are all... Up and the the Masters of the Universe rights are just like this, just like how the Batman '66 rights used to be. It was all up in the air. One company owns this part, one company owns that part. So this is a Mattel television production. This is not Universal coming in here. Universal has the filmation rights, and I just. It feels like a sequel series only in the sense for me that it was it picked up elements and tried to make story points out of them but he specifically says in this video it's Mattel television, it's Mattel toys. These designs are based on the actual action figures that Mattel owns. So everybody decrying the whole, oh my god it's not a sequel it's not the... you try to reboot with She-Ra, and everybody was mad at that. You do this, and then all, all all of a sudden, because of Kevin Smith, the hype man that he is... I, I don't know, I just... I enjoyed it. I really enjoy this music. My I was surprised, because normally if I'm listening to a score, I don't normally look at the track listing beforehand unless I'm shown it. Uh... Track six, The Power of Grayskull. I'm, I'm used to music cues being anywhere from one to maybe seven or eight minutes, depending on it. But the Power of Grayskull track is 13 minutes and 19 <laughs> seconds long. And I'm like, yeah, wait, is this the same track? What's going on? Like, I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying, I'm just stating a fact that it is the longest track on the entire thing. And I'm like, holy crap, and what Bear pulls into that track for that entire scene is just amazing. And the biggest thing for me with this, besides that, and obviously the overall themes for He-Man and Adam and whatever, is the... I'm trying to think which track is that. Uh, it's, It's... Lament for a friend featuring Rae Yarborough. So lament for a friend is obviously spoilers, folks. There are deaths in this series and Orko dies yeah. and other people die and whatever. So lament for a friend. I was like, Oh, very cool. And then I hear her voice. Now you may not be familiar with her and that's, that's fine. The other place I had heard her was on Kyle Higgins's uh, Cowl score. So Kyle Higgins, comic book writer Kyle Higgins, had done a – which is funny because he actually wrote a couple of master stories a couple number of years ago now. But anyway, he had his, a creator-owned series that he did that he did a soundtrack for with his buddy Joe Clark, and it's this – you know, 1920s jazz kind of score. It's you know the old gangsters. It's superhero, labor union, the 1920s of Chicago kind of thing. And that was the first time I had heard her on what I believe is the track Chicago. Could be wrong. And I liked her voice, so I was surprised on Lament for a Friend. I was like, wait a minute, I know that voice. I looked down at that. I'm like, hey. That's an awesome surprise. I was not <laughs> expecting that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh go that's it, a good one. And going back to the power of ray skull, uh mm-hmm. that theme, it it's long, but as you said, it, it goes through this journey. There's so many themes in that. You know, it's it's up and then it goes it goes down, it slows down, and the pace picks up. It's it's long for a reason. It's it's playing out yeah, yeah. uh through Uh, All those scenes, all those highs and lows. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it is
0: so interesting to see how the highs and lows happen. And like I said, I'm such a visual person that as I'm listening to this, I can see the scenes, you know, as it goes through. I can see them in my head and, you know, Eternia's destruction and the desolation with goes Eternia, uh, Finding Duncan. What did you think of the uh, the Subternia, Preternia theme? So we have Scareglow slash Lord of Subturnia and, in, and uh, Into Preternia. So we basically have Heaven and Hell, and that, I thought that was an interesting thing, using the music the way they did to symbolize both places. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Let's move on, shall
2: we? Yeah, this this music is so good. Yeah, it is. I, I'm just shocked that they got him to do the music. I'm not. It's Mattel. It's not. It's Mattel and it's Kevin Smith and his yeah, hours yeah. of persuasion. Yep. That that pedigree. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. No, no, no. It's fine. <clears throat>
0: So there are two tracks. It's uh, Scareglow, Lord of Subternia, and Into Preternia, where they basically do themes for heaven and hell, because that's how, in the show, they use Subturnia as hell, and Preternia, they use the past as, as as heaven. I know a lot of people were up in arms about the, oh my god, Preternia was... A thousand years ago, it's not supposed to be, oh my, anyway, these people, anyway. But the score here, I thought, wow, that's one way to describe those two places, and boy, are those themes
2: very different from each other. Oh, yeah, the the Scareglow theme, I mean, it's just uh, ominous, you know, Mm -hmm. it it fits um, the environment so well. And then into Paternia, I I just love that it's kind of reminiscent of the – the opening theme in in bit, the beginning. Yeah. Um but then it it transitions and um kind of it lightens up more. Yeah. Um, but yeah those those scenes uh, and you know that part of the series um yeah it it, it went to places that uh, I don't think some people expect that there'd be so many uh you know character deaths and if they, they actually go to you know essentially eternia is heaven hell.
0: and hell yeah yeah i i found it to be fascinating i found the music to be fascinating and you know you know we always have this this standardized thought of what heavenly music should be and i was surprised with what baird did with into preternia and like that's a track that is like really, really puts you at peace. Like <laughs> I don't want to sit here and say this, but I'm going to anyway. It's like, hey, anybody have certain songs on their funeral list? Here you go, kind of thing. Because wow. Uh, and then you know, with with the uh, scareglow subternia theme, it's like, oh wow, you're in for it now, buddy because <laughs> you think you've been to hell? You ain't been to hell. <laughs> uh, I just, I find this stuff very, very interesting and awesome, and I do
2: love this music. Yeah, it, it fits the scenes so well, yeah. and like you said, when, you, when you're listening to the soundtrack, you recall those scenes. I mean, I do that with movies, too. It's even sometimes, you know, just the, uh, a song that, you know, is is a well-known pop song or rock song that's, you know, in a film and and mm-hmm. whenever you hear it, you know, because you've seen it in that film, even though you've heard it so many times before that movie, before you saw it in that scene, it just, re- you know, just your mind immediately goes there. Um, this obviously is, is, you know, original music for uh, the series. Right. But uh, it fits it so well. And then when you hear these themes, you're, you know, you're going right back to those, scenes in the show and it's again it's it's um it's a mature theme it really fits the series so well and you just kind of take that emotional ride as you're listening to uh the music and going right back to those those moments in the series that uh were were shocking and revealing yep like when roboto reforges the sword of
0: power oh man
1: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly! Auto
0: Parts. That track, wow. That scene, holy crap. Yeah,
2: I, I loved Roboto in the series. I, I, I always liked him. Uh. It just, it just growing up, I just thought he was a really cool toy and... and so uh, I was really happy to see him get uh, his moment in this series because he seems like the kind of character that you would probably just, oh yeah, he's just he's just a robot, is kind of thrown to the side. But mm-hmm. he actually got a fair bit of uh, screen time in this series. A fair bit of screen time and, and a important. much better, yeah, and important role.
0: And a much, yeah, much more developed role because you know while he did have. A very developed role in 2002 he didn't have much in the old days and ever since 2002 i'm like well that's essentially either duncan's like they say in the show it's duncan's intuitions it's duncan's mind it's his thoughts it's this that and the other thing he's basically his son just like tila's his adopted daughter uh, that last track from man to a God, oh man, Like I wish we got all ten episodes, but I understand why they split it up the way they split it up. But man, hearing that like those last few seconds, cause when you watch that final episode, that's the fifth episode, and you see the end, it's like that music is just so damn good. Where it's like, holy crap, and then you hear it outside of it, and it's like, whew, chills.
2: Yeah, I mean, it it brings the emotions to it. Um, yeah, it does for sure. And this, there's more, you know, depth to this than in in some other recent cartoons. Um, although there's been some some good ones. You know, you mentioned Shira uh, and the Princesses' Power, uh, the newer yep. series on Netflix. Um, you know that one. That one got into some deep themes, and there was uh, there was some really great moments in that, and a lot of emotion too. Um, this is this is just different, and I think the music here fits the series really well. This is, uh, and uh, there's just so many emotions playing out in this. And Bear McCreary's um, music, you know, I mean, this going like back to The Walking Dead. Like I said, I've watched that show, and um, over the course of several seasons, I haven't seen. the the one from last year um so probably what eight seasons or so i've I've listened to his his themes in that show which you know that's that that can be very intense at times very you know sad and emotional at times so it runs the gamut and again he brings that here Um, and it's totally different style of music but still you know you you conjure up those feelings with with what's going on on screen and, uh, and it sticks with you and it's just enjoyable to listen to as well. Just put it on in the background and um, listen to the the instrumentals. It's great stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I knew just by watching the show, I knew two scenes were going to have, not that the score isn't already amazing, but the, the music behind the scenes when I saw and heard the music within the scenes, I knew two scenes that those tracks were going to be just as awesome with just listening to the score, and that is uh, Skeletor, Lord of Destruction, when he, you know, shows up. I am, you know, I'll, I'll throw the clip in here somewhere. Behold,
1: the Lord of Destruction, Skeletor! Ah!
0: And then the music where orco puts cringer in a bubble <laughs> and mm. you have uh a uh, uh, supergirl's boyfriend i i'm sorry he-man uh i can't get over that that monel from supergirl chris wood is the voice of he-man i don't dislike it but i was just like when they kept saying oh it's chris wood chris, i'm like who the fuck is chris i looked him up i'm like oh right monel from okay i got gotcha. you so anyway when he comes up as Prince Adam, he's like he gets a little, little poker or whatever. He's got a little, whatever it is, and he pokes the bubble and he's like, "I have the power." I'm like, "Oh, you can hear that that whole thing in the in the Orco with, with the bubble track." And I thought that was fun, and I wish. I'm not going to sit here and tell people what to like and not to like because I hate it when people say, oh, you're a Nickelback fan. Well, they suck and you suck for liking them or whatever. I'm not going to sit here and do that to people. I'm just going to say that I hope that our episodes so far for Revelation get people interested enough to at least try to check it out. And I've – people have told me this for years. Oh, give it two or three episodes. Give it this. Give it that. Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. I gave Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. like five episodes from season one, and I just never looked back. Because back then, when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. first started, I was like, but you're ruining the fact that Coulson died in Avengers to save the... T-. Anyway, whatever. Right, yeah. But it's like, you know, I want to be able to recommend this to people. I want to be able to tell people that it is enjoyable, It is not Filmation, it is not 2002, it has elements of those, and it has plot threads, but it's also trying to tell its own story. Again, as I said earlier, I do wish we had all ten episodes for this first season. I love how everyone on the internet is, now. oh my god, season one is only for, no, no, that's not what anyone anywhere said. Yes. Netflix is listing it as Masters of the Universe Revelation Part 1, and Part 2 will be coming whenever. I've seen various dates, I've heard various things from Smith himself, where he's even said he doesn't know. The only thing I know for sure that he has said that is probably accurate is that Netflix wants to have a season 2 by 2022. Or, tw- no, season 2 by 2023 is what he said. And, uh, uh, yeah, this is part one of a first season. So everyone complaining about, oh my god, five episodes is not a season. Yeah. Have you have you not been in the the, the digital streaming landscape over
2: the last decade? Okay. Yeah. If we're gonna speculate about it, I I'm kind of reminded about um, Voltron: Legendary Defender that mm-hmm. series because. Season one came out, and I think it might have been eight or ten episodes. So I was really surprised that this was only five episodes, because even other series from Netflix, they're usually a little bit longer. I I figure it's going to be probably eight or ten. There have been a few series where there were maybe three or four episodes, like Castlevania I think was only three or four for its first season, and then there was this big gap in between it and the second. Um, But with Ultron Legendary Defender, they had that first season, and I was thinking, wow, you know, there's so much lead time up to getting a series an animation produced, you know, writing it, getting animation done, doing the voice work, any kind of fixes. And there's so much time um, put into a series that um, it was, it was pretty clear. They already had a lot of episodes done. Right. Um, So they were sitting on them. So I imagine they're probably doing the same with this series. They're probably sitting on those episodes and they might release them, I mean, if I, I'm just guessing because we don't really know, but I mean, I would say, OK, it's, it's uh, you know, summer and we're getting into the fall winter. So I'd say maybe by late fall, early winter, they'll have something out. Yeah,
0: I, uh, people have said, and even Smith has said it could be this year, it could be next year. And if it's next year in the spring, fine. If it's this year in the fall, fine. I've seen a completely unconfirmed date of October 28th, but I've only seen it on one website. I've not heard of it on anywhere else. Yeah, as far as Voltron goes, Voltron's first season was 11 episodes, and then every other season after that was either 13, or it was split up between 7 and 6. So, I mean, that's what Netflix does. That's what they're going to do. That, like, to me, that's not... It's not god awful. It's not, you know.
2: Yeah, I I just assume that since they made the first part so short, yeah, just the five episodes that they probably had like, you know, a ten episode season for season yeah. one. It's like okay, well, let's just put this out there, and yeah. then we'll quickly give them part two. You know, just in just a few months because. Yeah. I mean, with this five episodes and where they left things, nobody wants to wait six <laughs> months to a year for part two to come out.
0: Let's hope not. I mean, I'm yeah. willing to wait as much as, you know, as long as I have to kind of thing. Uh, sure. I'm not, you know... For me, I, and I, and again, I think this ties into, and I know we're supposed to be talking about the music, but it's the show. So, you know, it, it ties into the whole fact that watching cartoons now is not like it was 40 years ago. We, Like I said earlier in this episode, we have streaming services now. We have online things. We don't just have... Oh my god, unless you set your Betamax player or VCR to record the show at this time, you're never going to see that episode. Right. You can go back and watch anything you want on any of these services at any time that you want as long as you have a subscription to these services. And, you know, it is what it is. Going back, you know, getting back into the music of of Bear McCreary. I after listening to this score, first of all, I can't wait to hear what happens with the score in part two of this first season. I, very, I, they literally left us, you know, hooks in our mouths on a cliff because I, I don't know why, but it's just one of those things where that final scene, that final little two, three seconds of music when Skeletor finally... If you want to say this is a spiritual successor to to Filmation or to the toys or to the history of the characters, Skeletor never won. Skeletor may have gotten away with a few things in Filmation. He may have won for maybe five minutes of an episode, but he never actually ever took over. Look at these five episodes. Look at the end of that ev- First of all, they kill He-Man twice. Nobody does that. Yeah. Nobody does. No, you don't. <laughs> but it works because you get this whole story of without killing He-Man when they did, you wouldn't have the whole journey into Subturnia. You wouldn't have you know ascending to preternia you wouldn't have any of that stuff you wouldn't have any of this awesome music from bear mccreary and yeah i am loving like i cannot wait to just hmm, once i don't have 19 podcasts to edit uh i cannot wait to just turn my speakers on and just crank this up if you guys like great great music whether it's he-man or not this is something you should check out, especially if you are any type of, I don't care, I don't even care if you like the new adventures, and I hate the new adventures, but it's just one of those things where, as you've said, this music is awesome in and out of the the
2: show, and it just it just works, and it's so good. Yeah and uh listen listen to the uh the first track the masters of the universe revelation extended mm-hmm. version because uh yeah. you know that's what you hear the few seconds of at the beginning of each episode and it's also you know in episode 1 but as you were saying mm-hmm. Mike um you've got the voiceover on top of it so and it's just it's just under 2 minutes um but it's it's yeah. epic i mean it's like uh it's reminiscent of so many of those Epic sword and sandal sword and sorcery adventures kind of reminds yeah. me of the Conan, the barbarian, uh, themes is those big, you know, big movie scores, um, that, uh, that, you know, you had in those, in those films from the eighties and, and other, other areas, this big, big, uh, themes. And that's what this reminds me of. And it fits the show so well. Um, and what, I was surprised by it too uh is that there actually is a mighty motherboard theme yeah <laughs> in here because uh, that was something that was discussed on other podcasts uh, you guys were, were talking about that and then, uh, i think Optima solo said how creepy that was and it, it, it was and i was surprised at how much that played out in Part one of the series that it wasn't just, Oh, this is just something Triclops is doing and we'll put this in here and then it goes away. Mm -hmm. They kept that in. And then, you know, here is, um, the theme. Yeah. And that theme is so creepy.
0: So creepy. But again, it is so, so good. It's so interesting. The, the tones of each of these themes, I'm not the – okay, so I love the, the instrumental parts. I'm not necessarily big on the whole vocal – outside of Rhea Yarborough because that's awesome. But like the male vocalization, like the wah, 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 whatever it is. Like I've never been a fan of the, the choir. Okay, kind of the – kind teams. of Yeah, the, the chanting kind of stuff. Yeah, but for this it works. Is it my favorite thing? No, but for this it works and it's fine. Uh, but yeah, I mean, give it a try, folks. You don't have to be a longtime fan like us. You don't have to be diehard. You don't have to. You don't have to be anything. Just give it a try and see if it'll be your He-Man. That's the whole point with every iteration that they've ever done. Like. As I said, back in episode 83 of this podcast, I think, yeah, that's when we started New Adventures. I was 10 years old when New Adventures came out. I was like, ooh, He-Man's back, because, hello, it hadn't been on air since since 85. Uh, and then I saw what it was, and my 10-year-old self was like, yeah, I'd rather watch Bart Simpson get in trouble. Because it wasn't for it wasn't for me, and it still isn't. Besides the quality of how I feel about the quality of that show, as far as the stories go, it still just isn't my He Man, and that's okay. This whole thing of unless you like it, we can't be friends. If you don't dislike it, we can. It just enjoy it, people. Give, a, give it give it this is coming from me who I don't like change at all I don't like new things at all I like things that are familiar and this to me did both maybe not necessarily with the music however with the show and what it's doing and what it did and now that I can hear the music outside of the show it just makes me fall in love with it even more because it's just one of those things where it works, and it works well.
2: Right. It works for this series. It doesn't work for the ADC man. No. It really doesn't. It doesn't fit the style of that series. Um, but here I kind of look at, just going back to the the theme uh, of the show and mm-hmm. the chanting and how epic that is. And it, actually during the opening of the, of the show, there. Showing stills of painted art that's reminiscent of the toy box yep. art from the, from the, uh, the 80s. Um, and when you see that art, I mean, it this gives you this feel of, oh man, it's these you know big muscle bound characters. that you know some can fly, some are half beast half man, some are you know sword and sorcery and all this stuff. There's all these epic battles that took place, and when you see that art. You put yourself in that, like you're visualizing what what was taking place in that scene. And I think that the music actually that Bear put together here is bringing that into the into the series.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Absolutely. It is. And
0: it's one of those things where
2: because it is an epic series. I mean, the epic ending that you talked about with. Yeah. Uh, the ending of Skeletor. And I hadn't looked at how many episodes there were in part one. So I was like, that's it. That's the ending. That's all we're going to get right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's all we're going to get right now. But you know, it is what it is and that's, and that works. And yeah, it's just one of those things where you just don't know. You just don't know. And honestly, now that I've heard, even though this has nothing to do with whatever, but now that I've heard Bear's music in this specifically, because like I said, I wasn't, it's not that I'm not a fan of him. The music that he's done for various things, the things themselves, like Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., never really, never really hit me that much. Never really paid it. Didn't even know until about five minutes before we hit record today that he was the composer on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. And now, you know, I just added it to my Netflix queue. So I guess I'm going to be watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. finally and whatever, at least some of it. I don't know how much I'll get through, but it's just one of those things where if I find something I enjoy from a person that is giving me this content, especially scores... You look at you know another great composer Brian Tyler. You know I love his Transformers Prime stuff. I love Iron Man three and and everything. You know the team. Say what you will about those turtles movies. That music in those movies from Brian Tyler was great. Uh, all his stuff with the Fast franchise. So that's the thing here. Mm-hmm. Same with Bear McCreary. It's like oh I really enjoyed this score from Masters of the Universe Revelation. Let me see what other things he's done to see if it's something that. I want to check out. And like I said before, how can you not want to check out the title that just, you know,
2: Knights of Badassedom? Yeah, I've never heard of that. I guess that's a film.
0: Yeah, it's a 2013 comedy horror film directed by Joe Lynch. So, but yeah, anyway. Uh, any other final thoughts, sir, for the score to Masters of the Universe Revelation?
2: Um, just uh, kind of what I've, I've said already. And as, as you said, I mean, I encourage people to check it out. It's on several streaming platforms. Uh, mm-hmm. So, whatever your streaming platform of choice is for music is probably there uh, for you yep. to listen to for free. So, yeah. Um, you know, check it out and see if there are tracks that, that you like. Obviously, if you've seen the show, you're going to be familiar with the music. Right. Um, but, yeah, he, he's done a good job. He's done a, a real nice job. And, and as you said, I'm, I'm excited to see um, what the music will be like for part two. Yeah, I'm extremely
0: excited to see what happens with part two, especially with where they left Uh Part one off, and it's just one of those things where, give it to me now, but I can still wait. Uh, the good thing is, if anybody is curious and you're not, um, you're not digitally inclined, I will also include the Amazon. And this has nothing to do with. Oh, since you know, send us, you know, go to our link, and it helps us out. That has nothing to do with this. They did release a CD, because I wasn't sure if they were going to actually release this physically, because it just released digitally, because that's what most... I mean, I know most actual rock bands, rap groups, other artists will also still release physical stuff, but I just assumed this was going to be released digitally, and I saw that Bear had tweeted out that uh, the physical copy is available if people would like the physical copy. So right That's now great. it's on Amazon for 1972 uh, for for the audio CD. So I will include that in the show notes. You got anything else you want to say, sir, before I run through the outro? Uh, just thanks again for having me. Absolutely. It has been a blast as always. All right, folks, thank you for listening to us as we are the Powers of Grayskull series here on the GeekCast Radio Network. If you'd like to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show, there are several ways to do so. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can listen to and comment on all of our posts. Somebody hasn't been doing that lately. Slackers. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> Send us email feedback at geekcastradio.com. Here are all the ways you can listen to us nowadays Apple and Google Podcasts. Leave us reviews, please. Spotify and any other podcasting client you choose to use. Follow us on Twitter at Geekcast Radio is the network. Twitter at Powell of Grayskull is the show. I am at tf and Mike. What is your Twitter, sir? Master Tim. Come on, fan on Facebook. Go to slash Geekcast Radio Network. You can also now search out the Powers of Grayskull series over there. I just finally, after a decade, created a page for Pogs on Facebook. So go like that, and that will also now be in the show notes. I need to retroactively put that in all of the past 125 or 26 chapters that we've done. We hope you enjoyed the Grayskull goodness today, and don't forget to join us in our next adventure when we will be giving you our reviews of the prequel revelation comic uh done by dark horse uh we'll be giving you our thoughts on issues one and two of that once those are released for now i am tfg and mike with tim silvers to master tim by the power and for the honor of Skull, we have the power
2: still know the tune some things you can never forget By the power of Grace